Welcome to The Goddess and the Medicine Woman with Melissa McHugh and Sydney Decker. In today's episode, we talk about the eclipse, sugar addiction, and what we are really looking for when we overeat, digging into our emotions and allowing them to shine a light on this journey called life. Sydney shares a healing practice that will help create peace, balance, and joy. Testing, testing, waiting, waiting. Hello, hello, it's Melissa McHugh. I'm waiting for Sydney to come. I'm making a song because I'm alone and nothing, oh, nothing to do. No, and nothing and nothing to do. It's that to-do part. (laughs) I can't get it right. Sydney Decker, she went to get her Starbucks coffee, leaving me alone with the microphone. So, okay, how's everybody doing out there today? Yeah, yeah, everybody in the audience, you look good. You look good. Oh, that guy over there in the hat. Like the hat, buddy like the hat. Where'd you get it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tractor Supply. Good place. It's where I get my chicken feed. Chicken feed at Tractor Supply. Come there, Sydney. (laughs) Where is she? Hi, Sid. (laughs) I already started without you. I was bored. Oh, I see that. (laughs) Yeah, just a couple of songs, nothing major. You know, hanging out with my peeps. (laughs) Did you say thing that where you were waiting for me? Yeah, I did. Yeah, (laughs) that's always my 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 song. Waiting, anticipating. Oh my god, Sydney Decker to arrive. That was my vibration. That's my vibration right now. It's a weird vibration today. I'm not quite sure why. Doesn't feel bad or good. It just feels kind of like like I'm waiting. Like I'm waiting for something. That's how I feel today. That's how I feel today. Really? Yes, actually. I'm not even just kidding cuz I got out of my car before I came in the, here to the studio to log on to say hi to you. And I was walking around to the other side of my car and I thought that exact thing. I was like I feel anxious, but it's not anxiety in a bad way. I feel like I'm, it's going to show up. Something's coming, like something's happening. And it's like this internal excitement. It doesn't feel like I'm anxious, like, oh no, it feels like, oh, what? You know? <laughs> like Yeah. Is- yeah. Yep. That's exactly how I'm feeling because I'm sitting here thinking, hmm, I wonder how I really feel today. But nothing really comes up. I just don't really. It's like I'm waiting for something. (laughs) That's the only thing I can think is that I'm just waiting for something to happen. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, well, a lot of stuff is going to be happening. I was up last night um, because not the episode that we just did with Wendy, but the episode before that when we were talking about the eclipse, we eclipses come in twos. So there's an eclipse season. So we're moving into the second eclipse, which is a lunar eclipse. And the moon governs our emotional well-being and our emotional bodies and how we 
operate in our emotional bodies and how we express our emotions and also what is being suppressed and what we are holding on to. And so this lunar eclipse is in Taurus and Taurus has a lot to do with like the earthly realm, like security, comfort, um, like pleasure in a lot of ways of how we take in pleasure, but also through the physical senses. So a lot of what we're going to start experiencing probably starting this weekend, um, probably tomorrow into it's done Tuesday, election day. Ah. Which is <clears throat> interesting. Yeah. Yeah. A full lunar eclipse in the earthly realm is happening on election day. So everyone's been talking about, I'm not super into politics in that regard. So I, I'm not going to speak on that, but basically, even if they're not everything I've been reading about this lunar eclipse, even if you're not super political, everything that I've been reading is that this is very important for the political realm, I guess, too. Even if, even those people that never usually talk about politics, they're like, this is huge. So basically what I've been trying to explain to my clients that's happening is the eclipse. It's like the one I, I explained it to her this way. So imagine that, or someone, or was it you? I don't know. I talk to a lot of people anymore, <laughs> but on, imagine a whiteboard. And on the whiteboard, there's all this stuff that you wrote down of this happened to me and I feel this way and I'll never express this and this and this and this and this and that and this and I, something in my past, whatever it is, like all these things that you wrote on the whiteboard of your life, this eclipse is coming and it's going to erase all of everything off your whiteboard and it's offering an opportunity to do something else and to let these things go and to step away from that old operation and the suppression. And it's going to feel uncomfortable for some people. I mean, even me a little bit, I sat there last night and was breathing into my heart and out from my heart and just trying to drop into a space of, cause I could feel like this stuckness in my heart and trying to utilize this energy to move it out. So if you just allow that to happen, things will move out. And then after the eclipse happens, so around like the 11th, we're all going to start to feel a little bit lighter. It's going to be heavy, especially for people right now who haven't really been looking at things. You can't not look at them. It's happening. So basically what I explained to my client is you could do the same things. You know, you could just get right back to writing up on the board what you had on the board or you have a really profound opportunity to do something different and to go towards your true desires in life and what's going to bring you joy and not what you were told was going to bring you joy or what you thought was going to be good for you based on the world and the world's expectations and societal pressures. And that is really what's starting to be erased is that deep, intense pressure to fit into society and more so to fit into your own life and then how you show up in that in the world. And I think that ultimately when we all start going to our heart spaces and we start to truly align with our true desires, not desires of like overeating or too much sex or I, you know, not those types of desires, like true heartfelt desire of what I want for my life. When we start to align with that, I think that's what's going to bring new earth. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I know. Because I've been, 
I've been thinking about that too. And because there are so many old things that have been coming up for me to just take a look at. And like last night, I was having a really hard time physically because I started overeating again. Mm. <gasps> That's a great this point. Has been a cycle. Yeah, it's been a cycle for me for so long. And it's, I just keep looking at it like, okay, obviously this is something because it's a continuous, you know, thing that comes up for me that I struggle with this sugar addiction. Um, and it's always sugar. I never overeat uh, grapes. Well, that's not true sometimes, but they're sugary. <laughs> so it's like, I never overeat broccoli. <laughs> right. Right. Ever. <laughs> it's only that stuff that seems to soothe me. You know, it's the emotional aspect of eating that I struggle with. You know, some people, when they get upset, they stop eating. Some people, when they get upset, they eat everything in sight. And I happen to be one of those people. So, you know, when things are going good and then I can kind of get on track and then I start eating well and I start feeling good and, you know, for a while I can maintain that, but it always seems like I'm maintaining it. It's never a true way of being that I've dropped into. It's this, okay, I'm here now. I'm going to take advantage of it. You know, I start to lose weight. I start to feel better. My joints don't ache anymore but I can never hold on to that. And man, I would love to get to a place to where I can just drop down into my way of being is nourishing myself in a healthy way on every level and food being a really big part of that. Yeah. And I think that speaks a lot about the energy that I just kind of discussed with the lunar eclipse and stuff. Cause you said, it seems like it's been a recent uh, thing that started happening again, you know, cause you were doing good. And then now here you are facing this challenge again. And it's funny because it's like, you said, I'm an emotional eater. And you said, um, something about being able to nourish yourself and it's always sugar. And how I said, when I was, was talking about explaining desire of how there is this, I feel like human beings get caught up in what the true desire is of what they really truly desire for themselves and the desires that we are taught to do like overeating is kind of something that we are are taught to do because if you look at our society most of our desires are very surface pleasure based things and it's not like a deep desire of like okay what is it that you think you truly need when you're going to overeat. It's like, what is, what is that piece? Like, okay, you're feeling some kind of emotion, but most of the time we don't stop ourselves and say, okay, what is this emotion that I'm feeling? I'm feeling sadness. So in this sadness, how can I nourish myself here and now? Okay. So sadness, I could take a walk. I could eat a piece of a chocolate bar. I could go get a massage. I could journal. Like there's so many other pieces of nourishment that we could actually tap into and allow to be expressed. But for majority of us, we are taught early on 
to suppress those things, to suppress those emotions, to not really understand those emotions or how to nourish and express them in a way that truly aligns with us. So we'll go to eating, not eating, doing those types of behaviors, being irrational, reactive, those types of things. And it just was very interesting because I noticed a lot of people tend to have those relationships with food, you know, with their emotions. And in Ayurveda, the sweet taste or the sugary taste is love, the quality of love. So a lot of times we are nourishing or overeating love, the sweet flavor, because something in deeper inside of us is asking for that love and that attention and that presence. And we haven't gone deeper as a society, I want to say. I feel like a lot of this is societal pressured of how we operate, we learn. If we don't go deep enough to recognize that this is an emotional need, we will eat. And think about it. It's like if someone's upset, you go out to eat. If go get drinks, go get a snack. Um, if it's a holiday, we're gathered around a table eating. If it's a birthday, we're gathered around a table eating. Or we're going out to a fancy dinner. Food has become the scapegoat <laughs> for so everything almost. Which, yeah, we need to eat to be here. And that's the fun of being here and tasting things. But I feel like that's where we stopped. We were like, oh, okay, we're going to eat food. And that's going to answer our problems. Or we're going to stop eating food when, to me, we're being called to go to that deeper part of ourselves that has been crying out for so long and saying to that part of ourselves, how can I nourish you? What do you really, truly need? And even if I don't know how to give it to you in this moment, I'm going to listen and I'm going to try. Yeah, because I can... Even, you know, when you were talking, uh, there were images of my dad and he would always have his, his chair, you know, wherever he lived, he has his chair and beside his chair is snacks. <clears throat> he always liked caramels and chocolate and chips and they would sit there and he wasn't an overeater. He was someone who could moderate, but I could, I could equate the feeling and the need for his love with those snacks throughout my whole entire life. You know, I'd be able to sit on his lap and he would, you know, be eating. Oh, here, have one. You know, even though we're not really supposed to before dinner or whatever, you know, it was just that comfort feeling like I'm on my dad's lap, feeling so safe and so secure. And eating snacks with him was so joyful. So that when that ended, when I was nine and he left and I wasn't safe and I didn't feel secure um, anymore, that I just feel like that really must have had something to do with it. Yeah. That I would look for, I'd search for that everywhere that I could. And when I would start... I just couldn't stop, you know, and when I was younger, it was beer too. You know, I would drink and drink and drink to feel that. And I could also see that with him because he would sit there with his can of beer and he would have his one beer a day. 
in his chair, snacks sitting there on the side, and sometimes give me a sip. You know, as a little kid, you have your little taste of beer sometimes. And it was like that, just the whole situation. I just felt so safe, so secure. And I know a lot of my stuff centered around my dad my whole entire life. A lot of my issues as I got older were because of my relationship with him. So now that, you know, that's just so interesting. (laughs) That just all just kind of came up. And um, I actually feel very, I could, I feel like I could definitely cry right now because of that Mm -hmm. remembrance, you know? Yeah. And that's, that is the example of what the lunar eclipse is doing. It is making us aware of those earthly experiences that have made us feel comfortable, secure, and safe. You just said all the words that we're experiencing. And when that went away and what you did to replace that and to overeat, to reach out for those candies and those snacks and those chips, and it's almost a similar thing. And then you went off and you, like you said, you would drink when you were younger and different things like that. And that is exactly what we're all coming up with, coming up against. And I don't want to say coming up against in a way that we need to battle it because we don't need to battle anything anymore. And we need to just allow these pieces to be presented and to notice the energy that's underlying them and not like, well, he left me. So this is his fault that I eat potato chips. I'm going to blame. No, it's wow, I never had that realization before that I was really eating potato chips because I was trying to find safety, security, and comfort that I was craving. And that it's not even the potato chip that at all that I've been craving. It's the safety, security, and comfort. Now I'm at a point in my life right now where I'm not nine years old. And I forgot that I even has been, have been carrying this part of myself for so long that's been crying out and craving this. But I'm at a position in my life where I can look at myself and I can say, what do you need? How can I create security and comfort for you without a potato chip? How can I really do that for myself? Because that's what we should start doing is to be our own parent, our own friend, our own lover, our own confidant, our own person that we can look at and ask these questions. That's also another thing that I've just been thinking about recently is this power struggle in this world, the power dynamic, the power struggle, the need to always give our power away to other people and they'll fix it. They'll save it, our power to our parents, our power to strangers even, and then giving our power away from, to our, from our own selves. Like you are you and you are, like you said, you've been trying to figure this, no one's wrong or anything, but you've been trying to figure out this overeating thing for so long that but you were trying to figure it out externally you know it's like well I don't know why I don't know why I do this or I sometimes I just do it and this and but what about your power what about if you just start to it's okay you've never asked yourself these questions before no one's ever even encouraged you to sit down and ask yourself what do you really need? How can I really nourish myself? What is going to be something that's going to be helpful, supportive, keep me secure and safe? But it's okay to start asking those questions now. 
And it's okay to start hearing the answers and it's okay to start to feel uncomfortable. I really want to invite people to go inside to hear yourself and some of what you hear, you're not gonna like right away. But if you just continue to just sit with that and allow those uncomfortable pieces to present themselves like that, to move through, to bring that a little gift of emotion like you just did with recognizing that with your dad and the snacks and how you kind of inherited that because that that's his way of getting comfort you know and you learn that everything is energy you know it's really not the physical thing at all it's really not the potato chip at all you know and if we just started to allow ourselves to go inside and to realize our power there. It's just like when you have a conversation with a friend that there's miscommunication, you're not really sure, but you sit down with them and you ask them the tough questions. It's a little uncomfortable at first. It's a little agitating at first. You're not sure, you're afraid, whatever. But then ultimately this person truly loves you and cares about you. So the conversation turns into something that's helpful and supportive. That's how we have to be with our own selves. We have to have these conversations with our own selves and start asking ourselves or even saying, hey, I don't like that you overeat potato chips. I'm not saying that I'm wrong or bad here, but I recognize that like maybe I could overeat broccoli instead. Is there a way that I can transition from eating potato chips to broccoli? Your inner potato chip eater is going to be like, hell no, we eat potato chips, blah, 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 blah. But this other part of you can say, okay. Well, I can eat potato chips two days a week, but what about the other days? How can I nourish myself that? It's just creating a relationship with your own self. It's asking those questions. It's allowing that conversation. It's just really fueling your inner power. And it doesn't always look super neat and clean. And like we said in the last podcast, it's like even people like me and you who help people get better, it's not like we sit around and we're like, Oh, I'm perfect all the time or those things. It's going in, we go and we ask ourselves these questions and we have these types of conversations, you know, and it's like, that's what gets you to a healing path is just asking questions, the tough questions, looking at it. Even if you can't stop the behavior yet, having the power of noticing it, of being aware of it. And even you can claim it. So like, give you an example. I had a client come in yesterday and she has, she has a lot of, um, health issues and challenges and throughout her life. And she's had it, um, just one thing after another and here and there. And she tends to always be late, but she's always apologizing for it. And she's always saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I sat her down yesterday and I said to her, why don't you own this? Why don't you start owning that you're late? Because what happens is when you start to say you're sorry, you give me your power. You give away your power because you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be late. One, I said to her, you already know you're going to be late. I know you're going to be late. We both know you're going to be late because I've worked with you before. I know how this works. I know not to plan someone right after you because I usually have to give you an extra 20 minutes. That's, that's my, that's what I'm willing to do because I, I care for you as a, as a client and as a person. And I, I recognize that some of this is an actual health challenge. So I'm willing to work with it. I said, but next time you call and you, to, you're going to tell me that you're late, I want you to say, hey, 
it's me. So you'll never guess, but I'm running 15 minutes late. I'll be there when I can. Thank you for your patience and that type of thing. Because then you take responsibility for your energy. You take ownership of it. It's not something that you're super proud of, but it's something that you can have fun with and you can laugh about and you can own. Now, guess what? You owned that. I laughed. We laughed. I'm not angry. I'm not frustrated that you're going to be late, even though I know you're going to be late. I'm like, oh yeah, that's her. We talked about it. It turns into something totally different. And it turns into I'm in my power. You're in your power. We shared the power. We made an agreement. You're going to be 15 minutes late. I, okay. I understand. Sometimes I may have to cut it shorter. That's okay too. Cause I'm going to own me and I'm going to own what I do and what I say and my power about it. And, but just start, that's what will start to create a change is if you own it and then maybe you're five minutes more early because you're like, oh, okay. I realized I can do this or not, or you're just making like connections easier and you're communicating better and you're loving yourself. You're not giving your power away to things, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I totally get that. And I was thinking, as you were saying that it's like, when we don't own it, we're keeping it very dark. We're keeping it in the dark and we're not bringing it into the light. And then we're feeling guilty that I'm sorry is because there's guilt in there. And guilt is a very low vibrational um, emotion or feeling or whatever guilt is, you know? So it's like, yeah, we need to bring all of these things, you know, into the forefront and own it not feel bad about it because it's that bad feeling, the guilt and all of the, the shame of I'm a person, I'm always late. I'm always making somebody or I'm going to go home and I'm going to eat a bag of potato chips before anybody else gets here so that nobody knows what I'm doing. You know, we're keeping it in the shadows. We're keeping it to ourselves feeling bad. Then we start to think we're bad because of all of this stuff too. So, yeah, we have to start owning these things and just being okay with who we are. Okay, right now I'm someone who has been overeating. I am not going to label myself as an overeater. Right now I, I have been trying to um, find solace in food. I yeah. know that's not who I am. I know that there, it's a reaction to something. So I am going to then start sitting with that when I can, making an effort for myself because I love myself and I want to be healthy. I want, I don't want to feel like I've just eaten five bags of potato chips and then I'm going to throw up and I'm now I'm going to eat a candy bar. I mean, what's that about? You know, I feel horrible physically when I stuff myself with this food looking for something that never comes. So I just need to be able to say, okay, here that is again. You know, I'm sitting here full, but I want to put something else in my mouth. What's that about? You know, what is that? And just give myself some space and maybe I will go and get something. Maybe I won't. But to allow that space in between the, I have this feeling, and then walking to the refrigerator, you know, and maybe just allowing that time in between to just, and sometimes it feels like 
you can't. Sometimes it feels like you physically have no control over that. I mean, I guess that's what addiction is. You know, sometimes no matter what, you're inside your head screaming, what are, what are you doing? Don't get up off this couch and walk to the refrigerator. Are you insane? You know, you're going to be sick and your body just gets up and does it anyway. You know, so there's that aspect of it, too, that it's like sometimes very interesting to me that like I feel like I'm not in control of that, though I know I'm in control of everything that I do think, say. But there's that that moment that it takes over and then I give into it. I'm like, okay, I'm already up. I might as well walk over there and then maybe I'll just have this one. And then next time I'll be out, I'll say no, you know, and there's that, that whole other aspect to it. So to be able to actually find that space to just sit there, just sit there, just sit, I'm just going to sit here for three seconds and then I'm going to get up. I'll let myself walk over there and get it, but I'm just going to sit here just for, just, just for a second. And then maybe those moments will turn into a few more moments and turn into a few more moments and maybe they won't, you know, but I guess just like you said, just bringing it, changing it in some way from that reactive space into having at least a little bit of control for a few seconds feels better than the thought that, oh, it's just, I'll never, I'll never be able to stop. This is going to be my life. It's kind of like I was with with the pain. This is my life. It'll never stop. I'll never be able to be any different. I might as well just, you know, wallow in it and just suffer because it's never going to change. But then I realized there was a way for it to start to change. So I guess then with this food thing, I can find a way if I truly want to to start looking inward for that way. and Because I'm not going to find it out, out here. I looked and looked and looked out here in the world for a way, you know, how, how many thousands of dollars that I have spent for someone to ch- be able to change me, to show me a way to change my behaviors. No, it, it's never, ever worked. I have the evidence that it's not working by forcing myself into these diets and all of these things. It works for a few months. Yeah. I hold myself accountable. I hold myself accountable. I hold myself accountable. And then it explodes. Then I'm right back. I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked my client yesterday. Can you own that? Can, while you're sitting there on the couch, eating those potato chips, can you just, as you eat the potato chips, say, yep, I'm overeating right now. I'm eating these potato chips and I'm, yep, I'm going to put my hand in the bag and I'm going to put another one in my mouth. See what happens when you own it. This is what I started to do in my life. I started to like own stuff that I didn't like about myself for a long time. Like, for example, like even at the end of the day, (laughs) I do this because it's just like, there's so many layers of this, but oftentimes if I've had a really long day, like I'll need to, I don't even drink the whole thing, but I'll need to taste soda. 
I'll need that fizzy taste of soda, the sugary, the whatever it is. But I have one particular soda that I drink and it's because my dad drank it. And it reminds me because I don't drink. I'm not, I don't really drink alcohol. Like sometimes I will, but it's like, for me that as a little kid, I would just keep hearing beer cans pop open at night. So that sound to me is like, I go and I get a can and I pop it open. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's like my little beer, but it's not because it's a soda and I don't even drink the whole thing. I'll have like half of it. Or my mom always says, you're a, you're a soda sipper. You're not even a drinker. And like, you'll just, she'll just fall. She used to, yeah. Anyway. So I just taste it for that fizziness, but I started to like, be like, well, I, I'm a healer and I tell people how to eat food and here I am sipping on soda sometimes. I need to hide this and keep this to myself. Well, I started to use that as a way of punishing myself too. You know, well, I'm a healer and I tell people to drink all these healthy drinks and stuff, but here I am still at the end of the day wanting and craving that little fizzy soda taste. So and I could even cry right here, right now. So I know it's bringing something up because these are, this is what's showing us what this lunar eclipse, like we started the whole thing with the eclipse and how it's going to show up. It's showing us where our emotions are attached to certain physical things in our reality. And for me, my dad, if he wasn't, I knew that my dad was trying to be sober when he was, there was a Dr. Pepper in his hand and not a beer can. What I would see cans and cans of Dr. Pepper and not cans and cans of beer. And so whenever I saw Dr. Pepper, I was like, my dad, man, he is here. I'm going to have fun. I get to have my dad. I get to play games. I get to talk to him. I get to, he's going to tuck me in at night. Like my dad is here. And then I started trying to drink Dr. Pepper with him. Because maybe if I drink Dr. Pepper with him too, he won't want to drink the beer. And then it'll be me and him doing our little Dr. Pepper thing. And then we'll be cool. Eventually, that would always not hold true. But to this day, at the end of the day, I have to hear that crack open and that little fizzy taste of Dr. Pepper because it's my connection to my dad. It's my unwinding at the end of the day that I was taught that you do. I hear a pop. I hear a fizz, I get the little taste, I sit on the couch, I take a deep breath. Like, that's me grounding and centering myself. And then I, I used to be like, well, I got to keep this a secret and I don't know and I shouldn't be drinking. Now I own that. Now I'm like, all right, I have three sips. Unfortunately, I probably am wasting this and I really do need to stop because I like will pour it all out and then I recycle it and whatever. But it's like, now that I started to own that and started to become aware of that, it doesn't drive me as much. Like it does, it's not as like taboo and I'm doing it and behind the scenes. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. I do these things. And now I can recognize why I do these things. And I'm really trying to stay in connection with my dad. So when I do this, I'm not going to judge myself. I'm not going to overly consume it either, but I'm going to own the fact that this is a connection to, that I have to my dad. I'm going to own the fact that when I'm really tired at the end of the day, sometimes my brain and my body and my emotions are going to want that cracked snapple pop, you know, and I'm going to take three sips and then I'm going to set it down and I'm going to go on. But when, like you said, when we bring the shame and we bring the guilt and we bring all this dark, heavy emotions around it, it makes us do it more 
it makes us hide in the dark more. It adds to those feelings more. Then we start to lead double lives. Then we don't know who we are. And then we're always trying to hide and do something. And then it just creates more and more and more of that quote, quote, bad thing. When now that I've owned it, I've actually been starting to drink less of it and wanting more water and like thinking about, okay, well, I've had a sip of this, so I'm going to drink water now. I've had my little snack, crapple pop, whatever. I'm going to do something else. It, it started to allow me to notice that I can be in connection with my dad in other ways and I can do things in other ways. And so I've started to journal at the end of the day now and do deep breathing exercises at the end of the day now to kind of let things go. And I don't need my Dr. Pepper beer replacement thing that I taught was learned and taught, you know, it's like it, when you own it, it allows, you can keep owning it and keep doing it, or it allows the actual shift in the direction that you want to go is what I've noticed anyways. And like I said, I still will do that, but I own it now. Yeah. I really love that because it just made me think, wow, I can own that. And maybe at first it won't, it will be the same, but it can't really be the same after you shine a light on the reason behind it. You know, now that I made that connection and just so you know, I just made that connection today. Like I really, it really came full circle in that moment just a few minutes ago. Like, wow. Okay. This is why I do that. I never really could put my finger on. I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? This is, you know, I, I do all this inner work and I'm letting these things go, but there's something here because it, I can't stop. And now that I know the connection, when I'm sitting there doing it, I will always know the connection. I can sit, say to myself, oh, okay, here I am. I'm popping these milk duds while I'm watching this movie. And it makes me feel my dad. Okay, but they make me feel close to my dad. It actually makes me feel sick because I'm sitting here. What can I do to, then to be close to my dad? Oh, wait, I could give him a call. Why don't I just stand up right now and go, you know, give him a call or go down to his house and give him a hug? Because my dad's still around and I still have that option. I can cultivate closeness with him in so many different ways. I don't have to just do it blindly, not even knowing. Now I know. I have that information because I've been doing this work and asking myself, what the hell is this? What is this crazy obsession I have with sugar? And now I know what it is. And now I can do something about it. And even if it takes a little bit of time to shift in some way, I can own it and say, oh, here I am trying to connect, trying to have this, you know, safe feeling. Well, how can I cultivate that now instead of doing this? All right. Well, I just feel like sitting here doing this now, but maybe I won't. Maybe I won't do that. Maybe I'll do something different. And that's just a really good feeling. I feel, I feel really empowered right now about, wow. Hey, I want to go try that now. I want to go try that and see what happens. It just makes me feel like that there's hope. There's hope about this whole situation that I found myself in forever. That it can change and that I'm not stuck. 
and that I'm going to have a choice now when I find myself in these situations that I'm not doing this blindly in like some fog anymore, that there's light shown into the fog and I can see a way out of it. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Being empowered in it. And if you choose it, you're choosing it and you have the choice now, you know, and that's really when we've been talking to it just really showed me how powerful our emotional bodies are and how they do a lot of the operation behind what drives us, even for choosing things externally and for our food options and that type of thing. Because for example, when you said addiction and stuff, a lot of times someone who they, there is created a chemical imbalance and a chemical dependency in in certain ways when it comes to addiction. However, a lot of addictions first start out as an emotional need, an emotional need or a deprived, deprived, I don't, deprived of an emotional need, you know, or they're trying to suppress an emotion and it is an emotional component first. And then another thing that I was aware of, as you were talking to, especially when you made that connection with your dad, what manifests and what holds and why we choose to do certain things is a manifestation will really truly set in and create its own way when we feel it, taste it, smell it, experience it all at once. And then there's an, a, a strong emotional charge with all of our senses. And in that moment, when you would have those moments with your dad, you were seeing something, you were tasting something, you were feeling your support, his support underneath your lap. You were literally sipping on something, smelling him, touching him, like that whole experience. And then it was super activatedly charged emotionally in positive ways for you. And then it got emotionally charged in negative ways for you later on. But that is what created this whole feeling and whole idea of in order for me to feel this feeling, I need to have potato chips. I need to have something fizzy to drink. I need to have a similar smell around me. I need, in order for me to do that, you just keep, not only are you trying to make a connection with your dad, you are trying to keep yourself in that moment forever, that safe, stable, secure moment forever and manifest that for yourself. And you're trying to do that and you're trying to find that it's not even the food that you're trying to get to. What it's, you're trying to get to is that emotional charge that's in the middle of it. And that's what we need to start paying attention to is it's not those other pieces. Those other, those, the seeing, the touching, the tasting, the smelling, those help to create that and embody that feeling in our reality. But in reality, what we're trying to create for ourselves is that emotional experience. Or we're trying to avoid an emotional experience, whatever it is. But for your case, you're trying to recreate a very supportive ex- emotional experience for yourself. And that, to me, is an awareness that I just had in this conversation about what drives us and why certain why people keep doing the same thing over and over and over, even though they don't understand why they're doing it and nothing outside themselves is changing because you're trying to either create or uncreate an emotional experience. 
And that's what this freaking lunar eclipse is doing for us. It's showing us where we have been tethered in emotional experiences, whether we've been trying to recreate them or avoid them. But ultimately, whether we're trying to recreate them or avoid them, we're creating them. We're either creating what we don't want or we're trying to get to what we do want by getting farther away from what we want. I don't know. That's where I got with that. Yeah, I like it. Wow. Well, that was quite a journey that we took there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those are the best conversations because, you know, I, I really I did. I woke up just kind of miserable with it you know, cause I, I was having such a hard time last night. You know, I felt pain in my stomach and I was just like, Oh, here I am again. So to have moved through that in a few moments of discussion with you holding space for me and allowing me to look at all of this is just, man, it just feels really good. I want to say thank you very much for that. feels really good. You're welcome. And I just want to say, too, that's the power of light and awareness. And it, it, see, we didn't go through and go super deep in any. We just brought light and we just brought awareness and it created space. And now you have an empowered feeling around it. And that, to me, is just amazing. <laughs> the power of light. That's really cool. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for going on that journey with me. Yeah. And looking forward to what all this intense energy is going to bring. Because I really, I'm excited. You know, it looks, change is in the air. Something's going to shift. And I think that's what we're all feeling. And for the first time, I don't feel dread. I feel like, I feel like, mm, what could happen here? But I feel like, I think it could be different. I think things can be better. That's what I'm starting to feel. So yeah, I just hope everyone who's listening to this, they catch the power of the light in their life and they notice things and they start to feel this energy of empowerment and they start to say, you know, it's going to get better. Yep. That's where I'm at too. I just want to keep that in the forefront of my mind that everything is getting better. We're creating that if we can all get together and believe that it will manifest. It will manifest for all of us. Instead of thinking about how horrible is everything is all the time, start to think about how wonderful everything is and can be for all of us. And we're going we're gonna to usher it in. You know, this is a new age, man. I'm all about it. Yeah. And before we close, I just want to say in order to make the connection, in order to do that, I want to just kind of, for those who have been able to listen, I want to make two points and then we'll kind of wrap up. But I do want to do like a mini little healing thing at this, just to help people understand this and how to get there. Like we said with the manifestation, I just made that connection about how we're trying to really get to this emotional space first and then when we have that emotion how can we see it feel it touch it bring it into this reality so i want to encourage people to think of a feeling that they want to embody not surface feelings 
like true, like peace, harmony, balance, joy, those real, true, authentic feelings that create an experience because happiness is fleeting. So joy, like a joy is a constant. Peace is a constant. Balance is a balancing act, but a constant in its own way. Harmony is its, its own thing as well. To embody that and then to really feel like, what does that feel like for me? Not everyone else, for me. And then start eating things that bring you peace. Start seeing things that bring you peace. Start tasting things that bring you peace. Start being around people who bring you peace. Just start to be gravitated towards those things that bring that feeling. And it's going to take practice because it does. Because if you're oriented to non-peace, sometimes it's going to pull you in that direction. But you just come back to, I'm going to create peace today. So instead of calling up my mother and screaming at her and yelling her, I'm not going to call her today. And that's where I'm going to start to create peace. You know, those, those types of things, and it's going to take practice, but that's really where it is, is to go to the emotional experience that we want first, and then start making small steps in that direction. And to recognize that it's going to be a process and it's going to take a little bit because any journey is step by step by step. It's not like you start at the starting line and then you're automatically at the finish line. So that is what I want to encourage people to do is to start to think of that emotional experience that they want to co-create and to find little ways to do that for themselves daily. Does that make sense? Yep, it does. Yeah, because I was sitting here thinking while you're like, okay, so I just had this experience and I want to create, you know, this peace within me about the overeating. So then what do I do? I want to create peace. So what will take me in that direction? So yeah, it got my mind thinking about how I can create my own peace and how it's up to me to do that. And now I have kind of a little bit of a blueprint. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to think about how I want to feel. And you could just do it, I guess, just a little bit at a time. It doesn't have to be, you know, no, no pressure. There's doesn't have to be pressure. You know, (laughs) never put pressure on yourself because that always, then, then you just don't see things through when you do that. You know, you're judging yourself, putting pressure. You know, rather than having my three little sips, if I put pressure on myself to stop this right now, I'm buying a pack. I'm buying a case. I'm because then now I'm now I don't like myself. So now I'm going to go deeper into it even more. It's like exactly the pressure and the resistance is what expands what we don't want. Yeah. Yep. So that makes a lot of sense. And that's definitely something that I can I can work with that. Thank you. Cause it's, you know, it's all, I think it's so important. You know, we could talk about a lot of things, but sometimes people are like, yeah, but how do you do that? And that's a great example of how you do that. <laughs> I never, I never heard anybody talk about it that way before. Just pick how you want to feel and then just do one thing that's going to move you in that direction. And then it's going to feel good. So that you're going to be like, oh, well, what else can I do? You know, or you're yep. not, or you're going to be like, okay, that's the one thing I'm going to do. I'm not going to, you know, go, you know, be hard on myself and I'm, I'm not going to, you know, oh, cause I can do that. I can go like overboard, be like, now I need to find 12 things to do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's a, yeah. That's a different story, <laughs> but I'm going to do something. I just want to, it's only going to take like three minutes, but this is going to help people to really even know how to do that 
even more so because sometimes even it's like, okay, well, I want to create this feeling, but how do I even do that? So I'm just going to ask you to just settle down in your body. Just take some deep breaths in, closing your eyes, breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth, softening deeper into your body bringing your awareness into your heart space, breathing into the heart, gathering up what no longer serves you and releasing it, softening and dropping deeper into your body, feeling your sit bones, being supported by the earth, just feeling totally supported in this moment, breathing in one last time, and letting it go. And now I want you to see a river of golden white light coming in from above you, entering the crown of your head, down into your forehead, your eyes, your nose, into your jaw, into your throat, and from your throat into your heart space. Taking a deep breath in here, Exhaling out and softening deeper. And now I want you to see a similar golden white light coming up from the earth, entering the soles of your feet, moving up into your ankles, your calves, your knees, your thighs, into the low back and pelvic area, up into your navel point and from your navel into your heart space, breathing in here exhaling out and softening deeper into your own self. And now I want you to see this light in your heart with the river from above you and below you. And I want you to start to expand this light out of your heart so that it surrounds you, two feet in front of you, two feet behind you, and two feet on both sides of you so that you're completely held in the love and the light of your heart space, being present in your energy and your essence in this moment, putting everything that is not of you on the peripheral of your energy field and just letting it sit there as you breathe into your heart and out from your heart, just noticing your presence, your essence, your energy without anything else influencing it. Just noticing that. And now I want you to think of a situation, one of those situations that are now sitting outside of your peripheral of your energy field. And just notice the situation that you wanna call forth. Don't bring it fully in yet. Just bring it to mind. Taking a deep breath in, exhaling out. Now I want you to bring the situation into your energy field. And you may notice a shift in your energy. Maybe you feel anxious, maybe you feel tired, maybe you feel sad, maybe you feel grief, maybe you feel angry, maybe you feel frustrated, maybe you feel overwhelmed, whatever it is, just notice how that is the energy of the situation. That is not your own personal energy. That is the energy that the situation 
pulls on in you. And just notice this. Breathing into your heart and out from your heart. And now I want you to just send this situation, whether it's a thought, a belief, a pattern, a person, a conflict, whatever it is, just start to send the situation light. That's it. Just see this being flooded with the light of your presence, the light of your heart. Breathing in, breathing out, just holding this situation in your light. And maybe now you start to notice that the tension's easing a little bit. The situation is softening a little bit. You're finding your balance, your harmony again. Breathing into your heart, out from your heart, sending the situation just more light. And one last breath in, exhale out, and then move the situation to the outside of your energy field. And take a deep breath in, exhale out, just bringing your awareness back to your energy, your presence, your heart, your center, your love, your light. This is your power. In any situation, any thought, any belief, any experience that you have, you are in control of how you move through these situations. The situation is not you, but is something that you experience. Who you are is how you feel in this moment, empowered by your love, your light, your truth, and your grace. Breathing in one last time. Exhaling out. Softening. Allowing yourself to stay present in this energy as you move throughout the rest of your day. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes and come back into the physical room. How do you feel? Yay. (laughs) (laughs) That was really nice. Wow. Just being able to see myself as separate from that situation just felt really powerful and just really like, whoa, it was eye opening to be like, oh, yeah. I don't need to be immersed in this all the time. This isn't something that needs to control me in any way. This is the situation. I can send it light and love and then just put it away. Yeah. It doesn't have to to encompass me and stay with me like the sticky, bad feeling that sometimes you can get involved in with these things. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. I like Good. That. Yeah. I was taught that by this course that I'm taking um, on daily OM. And I've been practicing it in my life every day for 21 days. And it's just really works. It really works. 
because it really helps you to separate yourself from the energy of a situation and just to recognize this is my energy always and I have control over this may not be able to control the situation yet but I can recognize that the situation is not me and that's free yeah and I that as we move through these very intense energetic times even with these elections and everything that's been going on in the world it's going to be very important to be able to bring ourselves to that awareness of who i am outside of these situations and staying true to that anchor and making moves every day towards that truth yeah and making moves every day towards whatever that emotion like we were doing before and whatever we decide we want if we want peace it doesn't have to stop but we don't only have to do it you know with only a few things it can be with everything mm -hmm. with all of this stuff if that's what you truly want is peace then to cultivate that in every way possible yeah yeah that was inspiring thank you yeah I know this was a good conversation. I'm inspired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yeah. So you're going to go off um, and uh, do your um, Sydney Decker thing with some clients today. Yep. What are you and I'm do? going to, I'm going to clean. I'm going to clean my brother's house. <laughs> yeah. That'll be good for him. Yeah. And while you do it too, you can clean away your energy. That's what I used to do. I used to clean too. And when I would do that, I would listen to some good stuff. And then as I was scrubbing something, I was scrubbing my energy field or something. <laughs> That's a great idea. I'm going to try yeah. that. <laughs> it, we're, I would feel like way different after. Because yeah. it's like, like I said, we're, we live in the world. Everything we do is a part of the energy. So that'll actually be kind of, I'm sure this will be a very eye-opening cleaning session for you. Because I can feel it. Like you're like ping, ping. You have all these thoughts and ideas. Yeah. That. I would be, I could see myself swishing the toilet bowl and flushing down the nativity. Yes, <laughs> yes that's amazing. Yeah, I'm doing it. Cool then. All right, well, let's stop here then so I can go swish the toilet bowl a little bit and uh, you can go um, walk alongside some people as they heal. Yeah, my favorite thing. Yay. Cool. All right. Love you. Right. Love you too. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this journey today. Interested in learning more about manifestation? Check out our course on Teachable, Manifestation with the Ayurveda and EFT Connection. The link is in the show notes. Thanks again, and we will see you next time.